Okay, welcome to episode 62 of the United Pubcast. It's sure to be a packed pubcast this week. There's obviously plenty to talk about. The win against Bruges and the overnight draw against Everton. Um, but before we start, apologies in advance if you hear a little bit of wind. We are outside and I know, a storm is brewing or... Larry, what did you have for lunch? So. Don't put this on me, mate. I'm pretty sure you're the one who eats baked beans baked for beans, breakfast. Yeah. Nah, so apologies for any wind um, you might hear, but hopefully it doesn't calm down a little bit. But as I said, an absolute packed podcast, I think, today. Um, but before we get into it, Larry, um, how's Mardi Gras? Enjoy your weekend? Yeah, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling uh, very fruitful today. <laughs> very fruitful. Well, another good thing, the thing that gave me the most joy this weekend, Watford v Liverpool. Yeah, well, that's where the celebrations really begin, yeah. right? So it was Mardi Gras Saturday night, do I have that right? And then the partying continued well in a Sunday morning because Liverpool lost their first game this season. But you know what? From a United perspective, I'm sorry to damper it, but like I don't care about them going undefeated. I just don't want them to win the treble. Yeah, the, the undefeated thing was Arsenal's problem. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal can breathe easy. United's still hunting the clear. We still need them to lose. Hopefully Atletico can do us a favour. I have a feeling they might lose to Chelsea in the FA Cup. You almost It's almost like London buses wait an hour for one and two come at once. So after mm. this first loss, maybe they'll lose straight again to Chelsea. So um, fingers crossed, but it was good to see. Um, they're still going to win the league, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, it does delay Who's a little Who's a better bit. defender, Lovren or Lindelof? Well, it is United podcast, so I will be friendly to Victor Lindelof, but... Um, Look, he wasn't as bad. I did watch the Liverpool match and <laughs> Lovren was bad. I know we have a little bit of fun with Victor Lindelof. But no, he's not as bad as Lovren. He's a far better footballer. I'd agree with that. And Lovren, he just looks like an idiot. I think Phil Jones is better than Lovren. <laughs> well, Phil, Phil Jones leads the race in his looks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that is a debate. Um, Phil Jones or Dejan Lovren? He'll, he'll, think, he'll, make, he'll make the Premier League Hall of Fame first. Lovren I think Phil Jones. Jones because the amount of photographic options uh, um, is endless. That is a podcast we're going to look to do in the future. Um, Hall of Fame, interesting uh, little bit of news there. Mm-hmm. But um, cast your mind back to something we usually don't really touch on the Europa League games because there's a Premier League game, more recent one we record. But um, we're going to take advantage of talking about a 5 0 win against Bruges. Why not? What do you want to touch on first? Cause... Oh, it's fantastic. Can we talk about how Fred actually found the target with a shot? Hit the target twice in, tw- twice in one game. Miracle worker. Pasta huh? Fred. Right foot and left foot. Actually, the left foot, look, the right foot, one was a tap-in, but the left foot, while was quite straightforward, still took a little bit of technique and it was a decent shot. Yeah. Um, Bruno, I've seen you take penalties like that, the little skip. Well, it's more than a skip. He, I saw one, one of the photos and he was a metre up in the air before he landed. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. How do you take penalties like that? Mate, we said it um, was it was it last week. Just the, the demeanour that he and Martial take penalties. Like, credit to you. If you can pull it off, give you all the credit in the world. <laughs> if you miss, though, you look stupid. But he, he's flying. Um, I think I really enjoyed that game because we saw what his quality brings compared to the first leg. Um, and I know we'll obviously touch on the Everton game, but he, he is real. I don't want to speak too soon but you can tell he's got the quality to be a world class midfielder really does yeah the different I don't want to say different dimension but just there's when he's on the pitch you always feel United might be able to do something where that wasn't the case three or four weeks ago yeah um, so and that's a credit to him but um, we will touch on well we'll just take a note of the three two ones. I think Bruno got the R3 for the Bruges game has to I, I couldn't he was definitely the best on the pitch he was unreal and so Bruno for three and look if a midfielder scores a double in the Champions League, thank you. 
Um, Champions League, did I say? Oh. What, am I, what am I smoking? Um, in the Europa League, if Fred scores a double, he has to get two points, I think. It's fair. Two goals, two wives, two points. <laughs> two wives, I forgot about that. Fantastic. Um, and also McTominay return. And that was actually a good finish because the ball coming across your body and you hit it with the side foot of your right foot. He how got the, on earth did he? That technique makes no sense to me. I don't know how he no, pulled no, it off. No, he, he did. It's just very, he has to time it to perfection. And mm. fair play to him, he did. So McTominay got our one point for that. So And it's good to have him back, I think. He does yeah. look... Well, we'll touch on the Everton performance. Actually, we'll get into Everton now. Yeah, in regards to the um, narrow 4-4-2 diamond formation, it's a formation I, I personally really do like. However, I like it with a little bit more quality in the wide positions in terms of Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw fine defensively, but when they have that space to attack, sometimes they lack a little bit of quality because they, they're the ones who provide the width in that formation. Agree with you. Um, Wan-Bissaka is definitely improving. Some of his crosses even in the game were promising into good areas. Um, again, though, again, he's not, he hasn't mastered going forward just yet. Um, especially when you're when you're playing in such a narrow formation, you need a really good attacking fullback. You know, someone like I don't want to credit City, but uh, Cancelo, uh, Walker. You want someone with that real quality. Um, sure, he tried, but again, just really lack quality. And again, just if you think of his days in Southampton, that's what you thought of with Luke Shaw. It was the burst forward. Yeah. Just don't see it anymore. Maybe it's just carrying too much in the backside. That's you that said that, not me. Um, so we'll go on to... Actually, it was early on. What minute was it? It was one or two minutes in. I think... Um, yeah, a third take, minute. Take the stage, David De Gea. Shocking me. It wasn't... Look, De Gea's at fault 100%. Okay. And I don't want to blame Maguire for this because it's a team game. I think it was... It stemmed from everywhere. The moment Maguire hesitated and didn't play it out to Luke Shaw and he turned back to De Gea, maybe I didn't think it was going to end up in a goal, but I had a bad feeling that it was going to end up maybe giving possession away in a cheap area and look the worst fears came to fruition when the ball actually deflected into the goal so 100% De Gea's at fault but Maguire shouldn't have played that ball I don't know how to look at it Maguire shouldn't have played the ball in the first place I think that's harsh but, but he shouldn't have played it back Luke Shaw was free like, I agree with you yeah but, but De Gea's at fault he had time he did have time he had more than time 100% it's De Gea's fault but I just thought it could have been prevented by something just playing the ball forward to, to begin with. I think a conversation needs to start with De Gea because this is it's not a one-off anymore. Every couple games... This incident, though. They're the not what the one-off is, maybe getting beat in the near post or something, a goalkeeping issue. This type of mistake was a one-off. Yeah, I get that. But when do the excuses stop? Like, he's the highest-paid player at the club, mate. You know... He's, he's meant to be a world-class goalkeeper. And on his day, he is. But those days are actually becoming far and few between. It's funny, because two or three minutes later, he makes a world-class yeah. save. But, like, we're, we're in a race for top four. Now, this isn't doom and gloom by any means. We're still well within the shot. But when you look at, we've got City coming up, we've got Spurs coming up. Difficult games. You need to win these games. You can't be giving away opportunities like that. Well, it's hard. Like, yeah, as I said, he saved us a couple of minutes later and obviously a one or two late saves as well in the second half. And I thought he, he sort of, I wouldn't say commanded his box in the second half. I thought he had a lot of help from Maguire. But I think he came off the line once or twice to make some good punches late um, when we were defending those corners late in the game. But um, I think it will really start, spark the debate between De Gea versus Henderson. Um, Who's having a great season. I think, I think especially if Henderson goes to the Euros, because Jordan Pickford, like we'll get into the Bruno goal at the moment, but he's not a good goalkeeper. Roy Keane said it. Uh, I said that any tactic against Everton is shoot the ball, have a shot on goal, 
if it goes on the full, there is a chance Jordan Pickford won't reach it. Because I've seen toddlers with longer arms than Jordan Pickford. <laughs> right? Any shot on target, there's a chance he just won't reach it. I think it's just his positional play. No, huh? no, no. He's got short arms. Right? Any shot on target, he just might not reach the ball. Oh, jeez. Have, have a look at the replay. He just doesn't... He, I don't think he... But that's the thing. Watching the replay, I just feel like he didn't get low enough. No, it's his arms. Have a look. <laughs> and I'm, I don't want to criticise him. Should get Angel Gomez and look. See the save he made a couple of weeks ago in training. That's what I'm telling you. Look, I don't want to make this a Jordan Pickford bashing one, but Roy Keane came out and said he's not a good goalkeeper. Yeah, he's got a bit of a dopey oh, face too. He's an idiot as well. He, <laughs> he looks like he's on seven cans of V or Monster Energy or whatever it is. But, um, okay, I think the De Gea and Henderson podcast will do that as a separate podcast. Yeah. Um, maybe get Mark Bosnich in again and get his view on it. He knows a thing or two about goalkeeping. Now onto a positive again, Bruno Fernandez. Well, look at while I have said it's a Jordan Pickford era, it's a good goal. Oh yeah, fantastic! Outside the box, powerful, low, driving shot. Because he's had a few shots, he's so yeah. he does like to pull the trigger, so it's good to see one eventually fly in. You know what I love about Fernandez, and the goal was excellent. He didn't have his best game today, but what I loved about him is he kept trying. He sees something on, and he attempts it. And I, like, I will credit that all day long. Like that is the thing I will always wear as a fan. If I can see that it's just not your day, but you're trying. No problem. And it's not just them trying out of effort, it's trying out of quality. Yeah. Well, I saw some of the balls he tried to play in behind. Marshall and Greenwood so often came short that Bruno was trying the killer pass in behind. And, and it looked a bad pass because it just went through to the goalkeeper, went out for a goal kick. But if the goal, if the strikers had the bravery, well, not the bravery, but had the, on the same wavelength to make the running behind, he might have played one or two world-class passes. So... Um, Hopefully that's not something that will come in time. Maybe they're just yeah. used to some someone like a Fred or McTominay playing it short, where now they have that player who can play it in behind. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt the longer the game went, the more wide Greenwood and Martial drifted. Like at, in that second half, I swear to you, Martial was not central at any point. He was he was a dead set left winger. It was like a um, Fernandez like in a false nine. Yeah. And then I, d- I didn't know what to make of the. The formation of the second half. I think maybe it was down to just Everton dominating. Their fullbacks were coming and, up, and yeah. maybe it was a defensive responsibility of the strikers to maybe stop the fullbacks a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'd use it as a criticism of the way they were playing. Not a criticism, but I felt like a lot of our attack really fell down because of that. Yeah. Well, there was still one chance where Greenwood, um, where he found himself central, where. He picked the ball up, and he, he unfortunately he was facing the wrong way, so he looked quite slow. But he had to turn around where the Everton defenders had the momentum. But um, I think we end up creating a chance from it. I think he end up playing Martial in. Yeah. So um, well, we spoke about Greenwood last week. You look at his numbers, and I, I wouldn't even just say his numbers. I don't care about those, but he's playing a lot of football for a young player, and I, I think that I'm using that as something to praise Solskjaer with, right? There's an 18-year-old who Solskjaer has thrown into what a lot of people suggested was a. Mu- I don't think it's a must-win game. But a big game that he's thrown Mason Greenwood yeah. over a gala. And he's handled him well, right? Like, he's not playing every single game, yeah. week in, that's week out. I mean, yeah. good, good level of football. Um, is there anything else on the game before we get to the chaos that ensued in the last couple of minutes? Uh, is there any performances to touch on? Actually, I thought Harry Maguire. I thought, on the ball, I thought he was a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, no more so than that first instance where he played the ball back to De Gea. I thought, if De Gea's going to play it long, you might as well play it long from 20 metres up the pitch. So on the ball, I thought he's a little bit frustrating, but defensively in that second half, I don't know how many corners Everton had. 40? A lot. Every, every two minutes, they'll throw a corner in. Um, I think Harry Maguire's dad just showed up. He's happy. 
that um, every every two minutes they had a corner and they're throwing the ball in and Harry Maguire has just got his head on everything he did a lot of clean up work um, and in the same line and look I've made my feelings clear about Lindelof on this podcast I'm, I'm sensible about it though I like to think I am anyway um, I think a conversation needs to be had again if Bay can get himself fit enough to start playing more regularly I think a centre-half partnership of Maguire and Bayi needs to be discussed because Lindelof just countless times just exposed every time there was a high ball just clueless one-on-one defending he is really poor mate his, his feet are all over the place he, he overcommits when he's jockeying and he's just getting turned inside out too quickly too easily um, the foul he gave away in the lead up to Sigurdsson's free kick which hit the post it was a good attempt I just feel like he, he just doesn't handle games against the top sides is fine because they play the ball on the floor. Anyone who gives him, like, targets him one-on-one with an aerial ball, he's just struggling. I don't know what you think, but yeah. I think... Yeah, I think it's hard. I think when you see someone like Eric Bailly, the way he defends is so... It's, like, very... very <laughs> not reckless, but just actually packed. He looks like he's defending. With Lindelof, there's always two, three things going through his head. Should he do this? Should he not do this? And sometimes he does get caught in two minds. And um, you'd rather just see a defender just make up his mind. Whatever the decision is, he goes for it. And Lindelof is a little bit hesitant, I think. And, and look, I think some of the players he comes up against, which which any defender comes up against, is obviously good players. But the type of... I think his weakness is a lot of the strengths of other Premier League strikers in terms of the way they move with the ball. He's um, not physical. He's not quick. Um, he's not good in the air. Um, well, if anyone wants to come on and defend Lindelof, have a one-on-one, one-on-one with Larry, please feel free. Um, the last, I think it was an injury time, um, VAR. Thank God for VAR because it saved his point. As much as a lot of referees have come out and said by the, le- the letter of the law, technically it was offside, for me it was a goal. I think it should have stood. Spot on, agree with you. Like, we come on here and we, we try to call things down the middle. Like the Chelsea goals that were disallowed, I thought to the letter of the law it was fine. Even the Giroud goal, in my version of football, that's a goal. So if by that same token, if that's a goal, I also think this is a goal. The only defence I can have is, if I'm David De Gea, maybe it's off-putting, but I think it, it should have stood. I, th- I think it's one of the things, and I don't want to uh, sort of disrespect any referees listening to this, if we do have any, I assume we don't have any referees, but there might be. Referees don't understand the game the way players do. And the referees aren't the ones who make the laws. IFAB, um, the International Federation of something, who, who create the rules. I don't know how many referees are involved in that. The players do read the game and understand the game differently. So referees might be correct in the way they interpret a law, 100%. And who are we to argue? They're the ones with the whistle. You have to go with their decision. But it's different. The rules should be different. The rules are not not just specific to this one incident, just in general. Um, So I think as a player, it's a goal. I I don't think any player would. If that was United and the goal went in the last minute, would be screaming if that was called offside. Oh, no doubt. Because yeah. the keeper had no chance. De Gea was going the wrong way. He wasn't interfering with play. He didn't affect De Gea at all. Um, so thank God for VR because it definitely did save us. Um, it keeps us fighting. I think a loss would have been... Look, it wouldn't put us out of top four, but I think it makes it hard. It's still, what, 10 games here or something, isn't it? I think. There is. Look, our run, if we can get good results against... Okay, so if we're saying we got City at home and then we got Spurs. So if you're looking at those two games, how many points do we need? Because after that, it's a pretty straightforward run. I think we got Leicester on the last game. I would, I would take, and this will sound bad, and it probably is bad. Consi- I'll, 
I would have preferred this saying with three points against Everton, but say we've got the one point against Everton. With Tottenham and City, I think if we get a point... At City? Against uh, City? In, in one of the games. Yeah. If we get a point, maybe say away at Tottenham, we get a point and maybe potentially lose to Man City, I think it's not a disaster. Like, I, know, I know it sounds bad, but... but if going, you look but, at the other team's run-ins... Yeah, well, with our run-in, in ta- with our run-in yeah. sort of having that in mind. And again, one point... It's not too much better than zero points. You don't want to lose both games. No I understand yeah. that. But if we can get something out, maybe two points, two draws, I think it's, it's not good, but it's not the disaster that social media will... Can we move the game against City to the Etihad? Any chance? Is it yeah. possible? Well, I'd be a lot more confident there. But I don't know why. Maybe but because City gonna... dominate us every time we play at Old Trafford. Yeah. And this goes back to the year they won the league. When yeah. was the, I think the last time we beat them, if I'm not wrong, was the 4-2 win um, under Van Gaal. Since then, we have not beat beaten City at yeah, home. I'd be shocked. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, we did not a great record away at the Etihad, but a hell of a lot better than Old Trafford. And again, I obviously do want to go and get more than one point in those two games. But considering our run-in, our three hardest games left were Everton, away at Tottenham, and at home to City. I think we have to turn over Tottenham. If you just look at the injuries they have yeah. and who we have... I think they got a midfield. I think they're better than us. Well, say we get a win at Tottenham, we get three points out of those two games. I think that's a fantastic return. Yeah, no, not fantastic, but it's good. It's acceptable. It's very good, I think. and it keeps us in the race. I'd agree with that. So, um, anyway, we'll touch on that a little bit later. We'll get into three, two, ones. Now, tricky one. I think three, two, ones for the Everton match. It is. I think, which we didn't. We I don't think we mentioned him in this podcast, but I think the three points is Matic. I think I agree with you. You do? Yeah, I thought... Matic or Maguire? I think Matic only because in that first half, the amount of clean-up work he did, very underrated. Um, He also created a few shots. He progressed the ball forward. You know the term that people were using at the end of last season? Static Matic? None of that today. I thought heads and tails best on field. In fact... For me, in our strongest 11, you need to find a way to keep him in. The way he's playing, um, I know we've spoken about shoehorning McTominay in that role, but Matic reads the game so well. And as long as he keeps up this level of performance, you play him every week. Well, I think it was one of the mind back a month or two months ago, if the thought that Matic was up for a new contract, the out- outrage that would have sort of caused on Twitter and social media. I think media. it's cool as an outrage now. Well, no, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people behind the fact now that he's like, deserving of a new contract. Like, well, if, if he gets a new contract now, are you disappointed? Or I'm not, but yeah. t- Twitter's full of teenagers and people who've never been Old Trafford and don't know their ass from their penis. All sorts of things. Again, we always go back to Mardi Gras, don't we? Well, you, I, I think you need to fill... I'm just the, in the festive you, spirit, You need mate. to fill the listeners in, um, so to speak. <laughs> 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 I don't know where you're going with this podcast. Um, so, two points, Harry Maguire. <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was uh, sorry, I was drinking water there. Um, yeah, look, Harry Maguire for two points. Uh, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to keep a straight face after that. Uh, yeah, I thought, again, Maguire, very commanding. Um, a lot of clean up work on <laughs> I'll take Harry Maguire. Yeah, which which away, you mentioned mate. earlier, every single corner they had, Harry Maguire was getting his head on. Yeah, everything. And um, on the ball, I thought he was a bit frustrating, but he was clearing absolutely everything. You take it away with Bruno. Bruno Fernandez, one point. <laughs> do, you want, do, do you want some tissues? I can't talk anymore. <laughs> do you want some tissues? 
Um, look, Bruno's goal, it wasn't quite bring out the tissues, but um, <laughs> a really good goal. <laughs> I've lost this podcast. Oh. No, in all honesty, um, I thought Bruno was not probably his worst game to date, but again, you know what we need now? If you look at the issues with our squad, it's the difference between our good performances and our bad performances are so far and few in between. In fact, if you can... What I loved about Roy Keane is his worst game was a 7 out of 10. Bruno, for me, today was probably maybe a 6 out of 10. So if you can start getting in those players, and that shows with quality, the fact that his worst performance it was today, I'm all means. Something that was, and I don't want to read anything into this, but something with I sort of got in my mind that Pogba won't be there next season. Bruno found himself on the left a lot. That position Pogba takes up, or almost yeah. not a left winger, but just sort of waits for the ball on the left and he creates from the left rather than a central area. So I don't want to say Solskjaer is preparing for Pogba to leave, but also it was interesting in my mind just the positions he was taking up because, which we have said before, I think he is Pogba's replacement. Well, if you believe what is being reported out there with Grealish, um, it'd be interesting to see how we play with those two, but uh, I think Grealish likes the left side as well. Yeah. But if you watch what Bruno actually does at Sporting, I actually think he prefers playing on the right. Maybe it's just yeah. a matter of the way we got stretched and he just ended up there. Yeah. Well, speaking of Grealish, did you know Man City played a League Cup final last night? I only knew an hour before we... Oh, um, is that right? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know. There was, a, there was a Carling Cup final. Oh, what's a Carling Cup? Carabao Cup. Carabao Cup. I call it Carling Cup. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have known City Man City won a trophy last night. I heard nothing about it. How like, much, what was just, the score? I genuinely didn't hear it. They won 2-1. I think they were 2-0 up in Villa got one back yeah. and um, apparently Grealish played well so um, yeah didn't he, haven't seen a photo of them with a trophy or anything haven't heard any fans post Manchester United plays no one cares about Manchester City so um, yeah for the 3-2-1 Madic for 3 um, Maguire and Bruno's actually making a bit of a, a charge for the points he's racking up the points in a couple of games he's getting a point every game so he's overtaking the likes of Lingard well we had Rashford up top um and well, he's been out, hasn't he? Well, I'll go through the current rankings. Rashford is top. Actually, no. Maguire would now be top. Fred is up there above Rashford. Um, Martial is there. Juan Bissaka is there. McTominay is there. I'll give a points update maybe in the next podcast, but um, makes it interesting reading. But Bruno is definitely climbing the ladder. He's um, overtaking Gomez, Lingard. He's overtaking Luke Shaw, Delo, Young, Romero, Carrera, Levitt. Levitt's there. Remember, he's man of the match performance mm-hmm. against Astana. Um, okay, enough on foot. Anything else on the Everton match? No, I want to leave it behind me. Yeah, we'll touch on Wayne Rooney in the next podcast, I think, when he has his. He always plays against United. He's never scored against United, but he's always first time for everything. There's a bit of a fear. He hits the post every time he plays United. There's, there's a big fear going into this FA Cup match, but we'll touch on that in the next podcast. Speaking of the podcast, we'll do a touch on a little bit, I don't know if it's a record or something to be proud of, but we have been informed that we are, I don't know how accurate this is, but we're going to take it as accurate, that we are now in the top 20 Man United podcasts in the world, so the audio, but not in terms of YouTube or anything, but the audio-based podcast, we are in the top 20. Yes, that's based on searches, so if you're searching Manchester United under podcasts, we're falling in that top 20 bracket, so based on that, now normally that data is placed through what's being searched obviously the amount of hits you're getting so it's not an outrageous thing to assume um 
look, it's something I'm we're, we're proud of. Like, how long have we been doing this? Just under a year. I think about a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well yeah, just less. We than started a year. in April 2019. So, considering yeah, so where we year. started to where we've come, um, supporters and people, we you know we like to get people on. Um, and I, I think one of the things we say, okay, we can say that we're in the top 20, whatever, 16th yeah. or 17th. One thing we definitely can say is we're the biggest Australian Man United podcast, which I don't think we can say it's so much to crow about, but it's something we can hang our hat on. Yeah, I mean, of. look, where we're aiming for the top 10, we want to get as big as we can, so let's see where we go. So what we want to do now that we are continuing to grow and our listeners aren't sort of going away, something we can look to do now is definitely try and nail down two episodes a week. So we want to, and a lot of this will depend on the fixtures, and hopefully games are on a weekend, but you never know, they can throw United on a Monday night in England, which is a Tuesday for us here in Australia. So hopefully a lot of our podcasts can go out on a Monday night, Australian time, but obviously depending on the fixtures, sometimes it'll be a Tuesday. So I think maybe putting out another a review podcast on the Monday, whether reviewing the Europa League and the weekend's Premier League match, and then maybe a more generic podcast with a specific topic, so talking about the Glazers or talking about a sign, a transfer window, as Larry's mum is calling it. You don't want to answer that? No, man, I've got a podcast to be on. Exactly, priorities. Get your priorities right, you can call it back. Um, if my mum calls, I'll definitely answer it if you're listening, mum. But um, what we're talking about, the specific podcast. So, yeah, if anyone wants to come on and talk about a transfer, so the Jack Grealish transfer or the Pogba situation or an issue like the Dean Henderson versus David De Gea debate, etc., um, that's something we might put out on a Thursday or a Friday that someone can listen to over the weekend rather than sort of trying to squeeze in a preview before um, a weekend's match where someone might not have time to listen to. So... That is what we are looking to do in regards to the two podcasts a week. One review on a Monday and one sort of generic one someone can listen to over a Thursday, Friday and the weekend. So if you have any ideas with anything regarding that, please feel free to get in touch. Um, The more opinions you get, the better. And also one thing which we aren't really chasing or really too bothered about, but is something we might as well look at if anyone is interested in regards to any sponsorship. And it doesn't even have to be a sponsorship in regards to any financial gain, right, in terms of... Because this podcast obviously isn't free to put out. We do have to pay to host it. Um, and we are looking at maybe sort of buying a little bit of software to make the audio quality a little bit better. But anything that can just... Even free promotion just to help you. Anyone has a local business, they want to get their name out. Me and Larry are happy to give it a plug before an episode, after an episode. So Man um, of the people we are. We are. So but if anyone... because. The listeners have been very sort of kind and supportive through social media, is and especially we're both heavily involved on Twitter. It is a brutal place. It's toxic, but sort of every listener we've had and every bit of feedback we've had has all been very, very kind. So um, anything we can do to help and remain positive and yeah, just what's that latest hashtag I've seen? And hashtag be kind. Uh, have you? I don't know. Yeah, I've seen. I'm all over. Don't ask me. I'm time. So. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to get involved, um, the local business, personal business, free promotion, paid promotion, get in touch. We'll gladly um, have a chat to you, come down the pub, have a beer. Um, anything else to add on this podcast? I think that's a good place to end up, my mate. Good mate. Um, it was a fun podcast, that one. Yeah, had a good giggle. I, I, I think there'll be a few quotes. Yeah. Um, so hopefully everyone enjoyed that and yeah, you will have a different type of podcast with a specific topic later in the week and we'll be discussing the... Manchester Derby next week. Ooh, bring it on. Cheers. See ya.